The following podcast is a deep, shallow dive production. Okay, let's go. All right, so DSD and five is a hit. Got a lot of nice, got a lot of nice compliments, not only about the content, but about the concept. I had several people say, you know what? I don't mind a quick little blurb. You podcast so goddamn much. I have a hard time keeping up with you. So maybe a few of these DSDs and fives during the week can help break it up a little bit. So anyway, hey, that's good to hear. You know, they're actually obviously easier to do and a lot of times a lot less work to research. So in regards to yesterday's episode, I did want to clarify a couple things. When I talked about the ability to create GPTs, again, I mean, think about that as like creating your own app in the app store. Now, this doesn't require any actual coding. You know, ChatGPT does a really nice job of prompting you along in terms of what you want to create. And so basically, you'll end up, it's almost, it's almost like you are pre-putting in your prompts and then it's getting saved and then when you put in your actual prompt into your GPT, it's using that preset of directions slash instructions that you created prior in order to create your output. So for example, in my you know episode description slash show notes for my podcast, I basically said, I want you to create my episode description slash podcast. I want every every title to start off with an image of this microphone, the episode number, and then the episode title. Then I want you to give a two-paragraph summary of the transcript. Below that, please include all of my social media handles. And then I basically told it all my social media handles. So you only have to do that once. So again... Think about that as writing a preset of descriptions or instructions, and that is your GPT. And then when you go to use it, it's going to take whatever prompt you put in or whatever data you put in and format it based on those, those instructions. So anyway, I hope that's clear. All right. Well, let's get into some stuff. Let's actually get into some news and catch up a little bit on what's going on. You know, I I wanted to start off talking about, you know, just kind of what's going on with, with everything. And, you know, we are starting to get closer to really an interesting date, in my opinion. And that is March of 2020. Not that we're getting closer to March of 2020. We're not going back in time like I try to do with my looks. I try to Benjamin Button. <laughs> Benjamin Button that shit. Anyway, um, no, what I mean is it was, it was either March 13th, 2020 or March 20th, 2020. I should know this because I actually use this in the beginning of my book, but I forget which one of those two dates. But that's when it was that Friday. Remember that Friday that basically the country was told to stay home. And so, you know, we're getting, we're getting into election time. And if, if anything, 
major, I'm talking like catastrophic, like COVID is going to happen, chances are that foundation needs to start happening. And it was March of 2020 when the COVID stuff started. So anyway, that's just a, I guess, a a date to have in your mind, you know, March 13th or March 20th of this coming year. So really about a month from a month from today, splitting the difference being that today's February 15th. So, so what's on the table? Let's talk a couple things. One is, you know, war. I mean, war is on the table. You've got, you've got Iran is probably the number one candidate for that. And I say that because I I don't think China will be the candidate, so to speak, if, if there is a bigger scale war, because obviously Xi Jinping had just visited San Francisco a few months ago. You know, it's not like relations are that bad there. Now, the only thing with China, the X factor is Taiwan, which is an independently run I forget if it's a city state or even even a country although China would not recognize it as a country but Taiwan which is under the the protection so to speak of the United States no different than Israel and Ukraine and they're getting included in these omnibus funding bills you know the 95 billion dollar funding bill that just got passed in the Senate which allocates money for it's like 60 billion for Ukraine 17 billion for Israel and then a bunch for Taiwan and then last but not least oh yeah we're going to give a little money to secure the United States southern border but then the hilarious part is they pitch that entire bill as a US southern border bill when of the four entities the U.S. southern border is getting literally the least amount of money. Think about that. And by the way, one more thing on that, and this goes to the Tucker Carlson-Vladimir Putin interview. I actually listened to it again. I know I am a glutton for punishment. I really did. I listened to it again, but I realized the first two times I listened to it, I wasn't really paying much attention. You know, sometimes I'll I'll listen to something that I want to listen to on a podcast and then I'm on my laptop and I'm realizing like I'm not fully focused. I'm not fully engaged. So I listened to it again on a long a long car drive yesterday. And so you know again I I I just can't get over Oh, by the way, on this third time that I listened, honestly, my hat's off to Tucker Carlson even more because I mean, he asked Vladimir Putin some very uncomfortable questions, like like stuff that you kind of would be scared to ask that dude if you believe, you know, the 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 stories about him being, you know, completely heartless, a heartless human being. You'd kind of be scared to ask these questions. But man, he asked some some really poignant questions. And then I will say there were a few times Putin got off track and he started talking about something else. And then he said, you know, I hope this is okay that I talk about it. And I'm not kidding. Tucker's answer was it's fine, but I don't understand how this answers my question. So like he did not 
let he did not let him off the hook at all. Like zero. Like there were a couple moments, and I'm not kidding. I was driving in my car. I was like, I kind of cringed. I'm like, God damn, dude, that is man, you're really holding his feet to the fire. I'm impressed with that. I really was. So anyway, last point I'm going to make on that is in this $95 billion deal that folks like Chuck Schumer, Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, I keep, I keep naming the same usual suspects. These guys all passed it. $60 billion of the 95 is for Ukraine, okay? Now, let's say we're all like, okay, you know what? That's cool. We're all good with that. Okay, that's fine. But then again, why would you not want to hear from Vladimir Putin? We're basically sending $60 billion to fight him and Russia. So why would you not want to listen to what he has to say to understand whether this is a good investment or if it's not a good investment? Anyway, that stuff drives me nuts. That stuff drives me nuts. All right, that, 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 I want to finish on that. So, so war being, you know, one of the things that, again, and I guess I'm just looking at things that possibly could disrupt the election. Now, I don't know about canceling the election, but let's say disrupt the election. Do you benefit from there being an armed conflict between the United States and Iran, or are there some other interests that benefit? Cautionary words from President Biden, who says the U.S. shall respond after Iranian-backed militants killed three American service personnel and injured at least 30, all stationed in Jordan. They Here's a preschooler question. But if we get into a war with Russia, haven't they got, like, nuclear weapons and stuff, and won't it potentially lead to annihilation? Here's another preschooler question. Why are there American service personnel in Jordan. Now, I know there will be complex, convoluted financial globalist reasons to have American citizens that have the bravery and valor to serve their nation with honor being out there in Jordan. But tell me right now, how's it benefiting you in Delaware? How's it benefiting you in Louisiana? And similarly, I would ask the people of the United Kingdom, what benefit is there for you in your sons and daughters, your friends and relatives, your lovers being asked to engage in a war against Russia? Some of the greatest military minds, some of the most ferocious lunatics and egomaniacs and tyrants have pitted their wits against Mother Russia and all of them come back from that blizzard with the same words. Weren't worth it, bruv. But what they didn't say is, that was easy, a war against Russia. We showed them a thing or two. Stay free. You stay free as well, Russell Brand. All right, dude talks so fast. But anyway, that was Russell Brand. Thought I would play that. Interesting, talked about Iran, talked about Russia, and most importantly, talked about the benefit to you, which is nothing. All right, so at the end of the day, I really don't think a war with Russia is even on the table. We're practically in that through proxy through Ukraine. But a war with Iran, I mean, again, a war, a faux war, whatever you want to call it, could that be on the table? I mean, it could be on the table, but I don't really think a real war is going to happen with Iran. First of all, We've got such a bad precedent with Iraq and Afghanistan. And, you know, I'll be honest, and again, this is not being biased, but, you know, Iran is very different than those countries, you know, in every aspect, the the history, the culture, the people, everything. It's very, very different than Iraq and Afghanistan. Neither Iraq or Afghanistan is nearly as advanced as Iran is. And that's just the truth. That just is. You've got an incredible intellect in that country that 
doesn't really exist, definitely not in Afghanistan, and I don't think in Iraq in the same way. So even with Iran, even though they are, you know, right now in the news so much because of their, you know, being the supporters of whether it's Hamas or the Houthis in Yemen or Hezbollah in Lebanon, you know, they're obviously being given being given or being credited as the backing to all of that, which, you know, possibly is true. It potentially is true. I don't know. But I will say that I just don't think, I don't know. I don't, I don't think war is going to happen. Let's just put it that way. So now let's move on to the next thing. Civil war. Okay. Could a civil war happen in the United States here? Obviously you've got the situation that's taking place in Texas, you know, with the southern border and then Greg Abbott putting up all these barbed wire fences, the National Guard wanting to take them down, the Democrats asking Biden to federalize the National Guard, which is similar to the TV show Designated Survivor on Netflix starring Kiefer Sutherland. That's weird. But this is also Along those lines, even more weird. Give this a listen. 19 states have seceded. The United States Army ramps up activity. The White House issued warnings to the Western forces as well as the Florida Alliance. The three-term president assures the uprising will be dealt with swiftly. Let me know if you want to try anything on. Are you guys aware there's like a pretty huge civil war going on all across America? We just try to stay out. With what we see on the news, seems like it's for the best. All right, so I don't know if any of you have seen previews for this or not, but there's literally a movie coming out April 12th called Civil War. (laughs) It's literally called Civil War, and it's coming out April 12th. So, I mean, that's weird, but I will tell you it's actually kind of good news because similar to that Netflix movie, Leave the World Behind, starring Julia Roberts, that was executive produced by Barack and Michelle Obama, Honestly, like I kind of even got excited about that at first. Well, not excited, but I was like, oh man, that's too weird. That means blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the day, I'll quote myself when I said, if the dots are that easy to connect, they're probably not the right dots. So fundamentally, yeah, that leave the world behind story with the Obamas attached to it, it's just too easy to be like, oh my God, that's predictive programming. That's too easy. And then this one as well. So even though there's the situation going on in Texas, which again, a lot of people have talked about how it's going to, oh, is there a civil war coming in America? The fact that they're releasing a movie on April 12th, to me kind of negates that possibility down the line because again it's just too easy like it's just too easy so that's probably not the answer and again when I say the answer gosh I hope I hope there is no answer all I'm trying to do is think about things that could potentially I guess affect the election because again we're getting into March we're getting close to March and it was March 2020 when COVID reared its ugly head. Okay. So, so yeah, I'm just thinking through this stuff. Now, when I think through things, I sometimes think with my buddy, 
<laughs> my buddy chat GPT. So actually we're going to use this twofold. We're going to use this as more just education and training on how to use chat GPT, which again, just, it's very different than Google search. So with chat GPT or what I talked about yesterday, Microsoft Copilot, even Perplexity, even Gemini, the former Google Bard, if you want to try and use that, you know, you don't treat it like Thai food near me. Instead, you treat it like you're having a conversation with a very intelligent human being. So for example, here was the prompt that I put in. Is there any way that we will not have a 2024 presidential election in the United States? And then ChatGPT spit out, under normal circumstances, the United States will hold a presidential election in 2024. Okay, and then it gave a couple other paragraphs. Let's jump to the summary. In summary, while theoretically possible under extreme and unlikely circumstances, the cancellation or indefinite postponement of the 2024 presidential election is not anticipated. Okay, cool. That's good stuff. Appreciate that, ChatGPT. So now, since I'm having a conversation with a good friend, I prompted again, I said, well, what are some examples of those extreme scenarios that you said are highly unlikely but possible? Can you please provide me some? And then ChatGPT said, Extreme scenarios that could theoretically disrupt or delay a presidential election, again, are highly unlikely and unprecedented, but they might include. So let me read some of these to you because it's actually interesting. Number one, large-scale natural disaster, a series of catastrophic natural events like a massive earthquake, supervolcanoes, or unprecedented hurricanes. Okay, I mean... Hopefully not, knock on wood, but <laughs> plausible, plausible. Okay, although let's pray to gosh, to gosh and God that that doesn't happen. Okay, number two, severe pandemic, a more devastating and contagious pandemic than COVID-19. I don't think this is going to happen. I think the, 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 the public just would not even put up with it or take it seriously. So... Severe pandemic, I don't think is going to happen. Major war or terrorist attack, a large-scale war on American soil, or a series of devastating terrorist attacks. Again, I mean, we talked about war, potentially Iran, Russia. Don't think they're going to happen. On our soil, man, I don't think so. There's too many guns in America for anyone to attack America because they'll be fighting our armed forces as well as like 150 million Americans who have multiple guns. It's actually a benefit of all these Americans having guns is I don't really think any country could ever attack us because, dude, we got like a double army. We got a citizen brigade out there. And then terrorist attacks. Oh, man, I don't even like to think about it. But I mean, that's plausible. I hate to say it, but it is. Okay, cyber attacks on critical infrastructure a large-scale cyber attack targeting critical election infrastructure. I mean, that's been talked about so much. Is it plausible? Yes, it is. But, man, people have really talked about that. I think that would just be maybe those dots are too easy. Political crisis. This is the one that's interesting. An unprecedented constitutional crisis or a breakdown in political order 
leading to national unrest and instability. Oh man, that one's that one's a slippery one. That one's a slippery one. I'll just I'll just reference my JFK episode, episode number I think 18. It's an excellent episode by the way. You should give that a listen. That's all I'm going to say about that. All right, number 6, extraordinary or extraordinary governmental action. Actions like the imposition of martial law or other extreme measures by the federal government in response to an extraordinary crisis. I mean again, I don't I think that's like a catch-all. I don't really know exactly what they're referring to. But that's like a catch-all. All right, it did go on to summarize the likelihood of such extreme scenarios leading to the cancellation or indefinite postponement of a presidential election is exceedingly low. So anyway, thank you, ChatGPT. I do appreciate that being exceedingly low, but I thought that was interesting that it touched on, I don't know, some of the things we've talked about. So anyway, that was a weird conversation to even have, but you know what? That's a real conversation. That is a real conversation. Like we are living in different times, man. It just is. It just is. If if they do not resonate as different to you, man, I want to live in your world. I really do. But anyway, all right, that's about it for today. I will catch, uh, catch us up on some more things. I actually do want to kind of revisit a couple topics. You know, it's been a minute since we've had a real good refresh on kind of what's going on in Israel and Gaza. I did want to kind of also do a little follow-up on what took place in Israel in 1948 as well as then 1967. I do think those are pretty interesting and they do add to the story. And if you did not listen to episode number 69, Shucky Ducky Quack Quack, that one is the 1917 Balfour Declaration. It's a really good episode. I put a lot of work into that. And I really do think it helps you understand that this did not start on October 7th, 2023, what's taking place there now. If anything, it goes all the way back to 1917, actually potentially even back further than that. But if you don't want to go back further than that, it definitely goes back to 1917 and the Balfour Declaration. So anyway, that's it. Call a spade a spade. I will talk to you guys soon. I'm going to try and do an episode for Friday. If it doesn't happen, maybe I'll do a DSD in five, actually. The audience seems to love the DSDs in five. Maybe I will try to do that. But anyway, regardless, call a spade a spade. Have a great day, night. Talk to you soon. The ending was terrific. This episode was brought to you by Boost Liquid Vitamins. Wake up, take your boost, start your day. Drink your vitamins and build your immune system daily with Boost. Available on Boost.com.